Welcome to Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion among business executives on management and leadership topics. Today on our panel, we have in the studio Ron Kripe and Tom Meyer of Equus Consulting. And on the phone, Equus's founding member, Jim Dixon. Our panel has over 100 years combined experience in management and leadership development. And I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. Each week, we look for leadership topics for discussion that will help you along your path to leadership development and fulfillment. Yeah, Jim, talk a little bit more about the, um, you know, what the end result of, of those two conversations is, the intra and the interpersonal conversations. Well, you're trying to get some alignment with what the world sees you as and what you see yourself as. I mean, I can proceed in the world you know, with uh, rose-colored glasses on and say, this is who I am, but then I show up somewhere differently. Well, I need to get a little bit of a handle on how the rest of the world sees me. What glasses do they have on when they actually see me? So the word that, Rick, that you use, congruence, you're trying to get congruence of those two worlds, like how I see myself, and and that, that precipitates sometimes a coach that can get some more questions on the table like why is it that you don't see that whereas everyone else does you know what what particular thing uh, tell me a little bit more about your value system or how you look at things and maybe it's something different showing up differently for other people jim you'll i mean you and i've both had examples of that conversation becoming congruent or aligning in different directions for instance to use your example, the, the, of the executive that, that had a self-perception that was inaccurate, um, the intrapersonal conversation was not correct. And when he validated that with his wife and validated that with you through the coaching process, he was able to bring his intrapersonal conversation in alignment with what everybody else was seeing outside in. And, and there's no way that that congruence or that alignment can't not help you as a leader. Right. It, it makes you look more credible. It can also work the other way. For instance, I was working with an executive that um, the the outside-in perception, the interpersonal conversation was, oh my gosh, you hold us all to these unreasonably high standards. Mm -hmm. And through the coaching process and, and through digging around in that, I said, hey, you know, talk to me about this holding other people to this standard because that's what was coming through in the 360. And he said, but I don't. I really don't. I hold myself to an unbelievably high set of standards. My staff sees that and they make the assumption that I'm holding them to those standards. And that's not accurate. And I said, okay, so in this case, the true perception is the belief that you hold yourself to those standards, but nobody else is being held to that. You need to go out there and have that interpersonal conversation with your staff and educate them. Help them understand that your standard is not sloppy for them, but it's certainly not the standard that you hold for yourself. And when he was able to clean that up and correct those outside perceptions, his leadership became far more effective because then people weren't running around feeling completely judged and evaluated harshly by him. So it can, you know, you're trying yeah. to get alignment in two directions. Right. You're, you're having multiple conversations, the conversation with yourself on what my expectations, my values are, 
in the self-awareness of where I am versus the perception of what other people are seeing yes. you as and conversely, their perception of what they see themselves as. So there's a whole lot of different conversations taking place. And to put a fine point on it, that is the beauty and the value of having a coach. Because when you start to bring those conversations into alignment, it's fraught with misunderstanding and it's a dangerous conversation to have in either direction as a leader. So you almost need someone like Jim, myself, whoever you select that you really trust to have uh, trial runs of those conversations or, or somebody to use as a sounding board as you digest the 360 or your Hogan results or whatever it is. Have the conver- have two leadership conversations. The one where you where you figure out what's going on, and then the second one where you clean it all up. Right. It makes me think of a story. Uh, you first have to get a handle on how are things showing up in your world, whatever the world expectations of you are. Mm-hmm. One, one time I did a... Uh, a 360 as a baseline for uh, an executive and uh, the one thing that came back pretty loud and clear from all the people around him other than him was accessibility he wasn't a very you know uh, accessible or i hey i can't go to him and talk to him you know because i don't think he wants to uh, listen to me so he was showing up as inaccessible right well i talk to him about that at the 360 and he goes that's not me at all i like people i like people really well well then it's a matter of having a conversation about how does that show up i'd ask him a question well you know you uh walk in the office what do you do do you go directly to the person that you want to talk to or do you do make some small talk or that type of thing oh i don't do the small talk i said well the people that are giving the 360 are the people that want small talk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So you're you're portraying, you're perceiving, you're perceived as business only and the you know no human element, uh, and you're perceived as you know standoffish. Okay. I, so he goes, I didn't I didn't mean that. So <laughs> let's work on that then. So I've got a question for all three of you. My question is, how does a client know? When does he know I need a coach? I can answer that really easily. (laughs) When there is a noticeable gap between the results that you want and the results that you're getting. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, it's results-oriented. Are you getting the results that are needed in the situation? Or I'm struggling with the same thing I was over and over again. A couple of years ago. Yeah, right. Well, and remember, results you get to define as a leader. Um, yeah, we could think about results as being performance oriented. That's that's one measure of, right. of results. But as a leader, remember, you manage results. You lead people. Um, so it could be results oriented from a, a production standpoint, but you're also responsible for managing the relationships, leading leading right. people. So if the relationships on your executive leadership team or between your executive leadership team and the director level, if, if those if those relationships are fraught with distrust and conflict and stress, and you have an employee engagement survey mm-hmm. that comes back and, and just looks like a bloodbath, 
um, you better find yourself a coach. You <laughs> right. better find somebody to to process that data with and say, hey, you know, we need to be doing something differently here. And and I know it needs to be different. I just don't know what different looks like. A coach right. will help you figure mm-hmm. out what you need to solve, what you need right. to, to dig into and, and look at. Well, and you have to, again, again, uh, reiterating, you have to define results. I mean, someone can get financial results, but they're making everybody mad in doing so. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not getting the personal results that are needed of a good leader. So yeah. you start with a conversation and saying, okay, okay, you're getting a financial turnaround of this organization, but at what cost to yeah. people? So as, as a leader, I need to be looking at several different things, not just not just the the metrics of my business that, that show me that the results, but also results internally within the organization as far as relationships and yeah. and the yes. human relation part of my organization that, you know, there are different types of results I need to look at. Yes, exactly. And a good coach can see that process outside in and adjust for it. We had a, an issue at one point with a senior leader and a group of staff people, and there were problems on the team. Um, there were identifiable problems on the team with performance. There were problems with production, and there were problems with relationships. So we decided to do a set of 360s to, mm-hmm. to, to get to the heart of that. We had uh, one, of the, uh, one of the directors in the larger team called and complained vehemently about the fact that these 360s were going to take a ton of time. And this particular director did not feel like that was a valuable investment in moving the organization forward. So we had a lot of information really quickly about where the problem was. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that one phone call told us almost everything we needed to know about the level of willingness to invest in creating a culture of feedback for the employees. You can't have a, you can't have a feedback culture if you can't even, if you can't even bring yourself to go through a structured process of evaluating your employees and giving them that feedback in something other than a performance evaluation. Right. So in other words, there's no problem if you don't identify one. Right. 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 Yeah. I was just going to add one thing to your question about Mm -hmm. when does someone know if they, you know, are going to be open to coaching. And I think the, uh, uh, in my experience, the assessment process, uh, when young managers come to that process, that that's probably the doorway to future coaching. Uh, in some cases, you get the sense that's the first time they've really had a, a thorough self-assessment right. and the richness that Hogan or 360 can open up. And in that conversation, it exposes them to that type of conversation around their development. So I think for a lot of uh, managers, that assessment process is a good doorway yeah. for them to get a sense right. of what a, a one-on-one coaching session is going to look like. Really well said. Because yes. nine times out of ten... Their only experience to those kind of conversations has been in a performance evaluation where they're being raked over the coals on the gaps. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, your point earlier was when you look for a coach, you don't wait till there's a problem to look Hopefully for a coach. Not. You, you know, you start at the very beginning is what is what I'm gathering from your your discussion, Ron. Is is it you know as a new manager 
that's the time, that's the point in time to really start the whole assessment process and learning how to be a leader. Exactly. And for some people, that opportunity is presented to them right. you know, through, a, through a leadership program uh, in their company. And then others would, uh, oh. would need to seek it out on their own. Yeah. I think the conversation or the assessment actually sometimes even come, becomes before you become a manager or a right. leader. Because a lot of times I've had clients that have taken some sort of assessment before they became a manager and they looked at the results and they, you know, received some coaching from either Tom or myself. And they said, you know what? I don't want to be a manager. Yeah. Well, yeah, you look at our transitions program. It was designed to help develop people who want to go into management. And there were people who said, you know what? Now that I know what management is, I don't want to go into it. Exactly. Well, and the the opposites happened. We, through programs like that, identified people that never thought of themselves as being decent managers, but they bring to the table a, a baseline understanding of people and willingness to engage in feedback constructive feedback conversations and you can gently nudge them and say, Hey, look, I know you've never thought about this, but, but this is something you should give some, you know, some thinking to, because you're, you're going to be set up, you're going to be positioned well. Speaking from personal experience in the programs that Equus has put on in my organization, you know, that was truly one of the benefits that, that we saw was that it really energized people Mm -hmm. to have that conversation, really look at themselves to do the assessment and begin that conversation about leadership and where do I fit in the leadership and how do I uh, then develop that leadership? Absolutely. That's why we, that's why we invest in those kinds of programs. You have to create space within an organization to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Every other conversation in the organization is going to revolve around performance expectations right. and whether or not you're meeting those expectations. And this is just a much more, it's a much deeper conversation you right. need to have. Organizations get good at whatever it is they produce. If I'm producing widgets, I get really good at producing widgets. Yeah. But management may not be the thing I think of. I, I mean, I'm thinking of widgets. Right. And, you know, having somebody like Equus come in and say, okay, let's take a look at the processes that surround the management around making widgets. You're good at making a widget. Yep. But you may not be the best at management. Let's help you be better at making smart management decisions and leadership decisions that can then free you up to be better at widget making. Is that, does that? Absolutely. I agree. That's one of the reasons I think for example, the Hogan as an instrument is really valuable because it measures your value system. And for people who are entering the world of management or leadership, it's important that they know that, they know that baseline of values because sometimes people's value system is a little cockeyed with what management or leadership is about. like. I don't like people. Right. Well, yeah. well, if I don't like people, you better not go into management. Right. That would be great if it weren't for the people. Man, if we could get that, if we could get that, maybe we need to do a podcast on that. 
Yeah. What do I do if I don't like people and I find myself in management? We'll, we'll do two days on that. Yeah, I like that idea. That'd be a, a great career question right there. As always, we invite you to join the conversation by visiting our website at www.equusconsulting.com and leaving your comments. Join us next time as we continue our leadership discussion.